you're about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshima, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. We have been preaching about creating your own atmosphere. And we spoke about, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Uh, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness against spiritual forces of darkness in the heavenly supernatural places. I have said over the last three weeks that we live in two atmospheres. One is a physical atmosphere called the cosmos. Uh, The other is a spiritual atmosphere. And I did say and mention to you that the battleground for the enemy is not the physical location, but the spiritual and mental location. He's fighting you in the spiritual realm while you are fighting your battles in the natural realm. And that's why many people are losing. You, you are live, I, I made it clear to everyone that we are living in a combat zone. Many of us are oblivious of the reality of the war that we face. We are all affected one way or the other by the atmosphere that we create around us. And I started to teach you about four different kinds of climates, uh, four different kinds of atmosphere that you need to create around you so that you win in the spiritual realm and it manifests in the physical I spoke about the climate of your thoughts. I spoke about the climate of unity. I spoke about the climate of purity. And I spoke about the climate of prayer. Today, I want to speak about one of the most controversial topics in Christendom and in the world. I'm talking confidently, and you can shoot me later, about the climate of seed. I want to talk about the climate of your seed. Now, I hope these guys can count me because I want us to go to 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8 to 17. 2 Kings chapter 4. When I show you through scripture, before you run the commentaries, first listen, let me finish and then you can, you can, you can, you can make your decision. It says, now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem where there was a notable woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. This is a prophet. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes us regularly. Please, let us make a small upper room on the wall. And let us put a bed for him there, and a table, and a chair, and a lampstand. So it would be, whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that... He came here and he turned in to the upper room and laid down there. Then he said to Geazi, listen to this, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answers, I dwell among my people. So he said, what then is to be done for her? Uh, And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son. 
and her husband is old. So he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come. Let me give you an addendum to this. Second King chapter 8. Let's go to Second King chapter 8. And I want to read from verse, and, and when Elijah said, yeah, let, let, let's go to second. And when Elijah had told her, and the child grew, now it happened that one day, let's leave that, let's go to second King chapter 8. Second King chapter 8. Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, and you and your household, and stay wherever you can. For the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore, it will, it will come upon the land for seven years. So, she was concerned about Elisha. And now Elisha is concerned about her well-being. Listen to what happened. So the woman arose and did according to the sayings of the man of God, and she went with her household and dwelt in the lands of the Philistines for seven years. Listen to me, guys. It came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines and she went to make an appeal to the king for her household and for her land. Then the king talked with Gazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. Now it happened. See how seed is speaking on behalf of this woman. Now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life that there was the woman. Let's read on. Whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. We didn't hear anything about the husband. I assume maybe the husband had passed away because the Bible says he was old in the last scripture we wrote. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land interest until now. Restore everything back. Father, as we go into your word, shape lives as you always do, fulfill dreams, and guarantee success. Let the heart of the people, let it be subtle enough to receive the word and not stand in judgment. To you we give glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, listen to me. And I want to address as I always do, the young ones in church, the millennials, I call them my G's. I, 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 I want to talk to my G's. If there's another name you want me to call you, send it to me via uh, Instagram. I'll call you that. But I want to speak to you because the devil has lied to you for years. There is a law that connects you to the source and move God in your favor to release the goodies from heaven. There's a law. Listen to me. This law does not only bless you, but protects the blessing as well. The law of seed 
guarantees harvest. Let me put a disclaimer out right now. Don't sit there and think I'm going to take an offering. I'm not taking an offering. I'm not, this is not for an offering. This is for your life. So, so, so sit well. Don't worry about money. It's not the issue. And if you're worried, then I'm talking to you again. Listen to me. The law of seed always generates harvest. Your seed is what catches the attention of heaven. Remember my message is climate change. I want to teach you what would change the atmosphere of your life and bring God's attention to you. I want to teach you how you can set things in motion. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about purity. We've talked about unity. We've talked about your, your thoughts. But listen to me. Sowing creates a partnership with God that involves him in your adversity. Listen to me again. Sowing creates a partnership with God that involves God in your adversity because God will not be moved by your needs. He is always moved by your seed. God is not moved by your need. He is moved by your seed. Especially now that I'm reading wonderful testimonies that God is doing for a lot of you in Goshen, you've got to be able to understand that your life is a result of the seed that you plant. Listen to me. Many of you young ones, you are creating a now instead of a tomorrow. You're creating a now instead of tomorrow. The Shunammite woman did not know or realize that she was creating an atmosphere for her tomorrow and not for what she wanted now. Because let's go to this, this day and age. Many people would think that if I can do the servant of God a favor, Probably bless him or help him. He will be able to help me in my trouble. The woman was not doing it for that. She just said to herself, this man, this man that comes and goes, let's provide a house, a flat, a room for him so he can rest. She didn't come to him for counseling. She didn't come to him because I have a need. And that's what many people are involved in, especially the young ones, uh, the millennials, the, 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 the ones who are supposed to lead this next generation. We take God and people as a transaction. It wasn't a transaction. They, the, this woman was doing it for her tomorrow, not for her now. I'm going to give you a catalog of people in the Bible that the seeds they sowed created a climate for their tomorrow. In the book of, in the book of Exodus chapter 2 and verse 20 to 21, the, 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 the midwives, he says, so God was good to the Egyptian midwives and the people of Israel multiplied and became very strong. And because the 
feared wives, listen to this, feared God with profound reference. He established families and their households for them. The background of that story was that the king of Egypt said to the midwife, kill all the male child. And they just came together and said, no, let's not do that. Because they had a fear for God. They were not doing it to get money from the Israelites. They were doing it just because they feared God. The Bible says, when, the, when Pharaoh came to them, says, oh, the, the, there still seemed to be a multiplication of, 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 of the children of Israel. He said, what is happening during childbirth? Did I not tell you to kill them? They lied and said, before we get there, the Hebrew women are more stronger than the Egyptian women. They've already given birth before we get there. And the Bible says, God looked at them and blessed their families and their household. There was no transaction. Let me talk about David. David, in, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, 12 to 16, the Bible says he proposed to build a house for God. And then the Lord promised him an everlasting throne. He proposed. He proposed. We're not there yet. Absalom was unable to overcome David because David proposed. He didn't build it. He proposed and prepared. He didn't build it. God says you will not build it. Your son will build it. But because he proposed within his heart to say, I'm going to build a house from God, God said to him, your throne will last forever. And if you read scriptures, 300 years, 300 years later, God was still saying to those disobedient descendants, just because of my son David, I will preserve you. Seed started speaking 300 years, meaning the seed of the proposal to build a house for God was a climate that he created for his generation to come. You're not hearing me. Some of you are not hearing me yet. Let me talk about David and Jonathan. Maybe you will understand that. Years after Jonathan's death, Look what David said in 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1. Look at what he says in verse 1. He says, and David said, Is there still anyone left of the house or family of Saul to whom I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, verse 7 please. Let's, let's read verse 7. And David said to him, he was now speaking to Mephibosheth. He says, do not be afraid. For I will certainly show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the lands of your grandfather Saul. And you shall always eat at my table. Many of us know the story of David and Jonathan. Jonathan was the, king, was the king's son. Jonathan knew David was going to be king. Jonathan supposed to have been jealous. Jonathan supposed to have killed David because David was about to take his inheritance. But Jonathan showed kindness to a man who couldn't repay him. It wasn't a transaction. I started to get animated. I said I would be cool today. It, it, it wasn't a transaction. You young ones, you think in process of transaction. That's the reason why your relationships don't last. It doesn't last because how would you feel if someone is trying to take your legacy? Many of you even fight over a man. Just, just a man. Just because your friends, your girlfriend, 
was saying hello to your boyfriend who hasn't proposed yet. Immediately you say, um, please, when you shake him the next time, please, can you, can you quickly take your hand away? I think we should respect boundaries. You lose your friendship of 15 years for a five-minute dude with his trousers right down to his ankles and his head in the wrong place. You, you, you just lose it because you feel somebody wants to steal your joy. That boy is going to kill you. Immediately we lose friendships on just trivial things that don't last because everything we see is a transaction. I invited you to my birthday. You did yours. Why didn't you invite me? Oh, I couldn't afford it. There was only three of us. So does that mean I'm not in your inner circle? You see, you, you, everything is a transaction. Everything is a transaction. Everything has to do... I called you. You don't call me back. Why is it I'm the only one calling? Because you're the only one that loves the phone. I've got friends. They know me. My father even knows me. He calls me. I'm terrible with phones. Terrible. But if you base my friendship on phone calls, you will lose the best of me. Terrible. My friends will pick up from where we stopped. Just like that. Because it's not a transaction. Many of us see it as a transaction. Think about it, man. Jonathan was going to be king and he just took off his whole armor and gave it to David. And when Jonathan died, when Saul died, and the entire household of Saul died, years later, David sitting in his palace, ah, is there anyone that I can do a favor for in the house of Saul? Not for Jonathan, he forgot. Just because of Jonathan's sake, what was speaking? The atmosphere of a seed. The atmosphere. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. It was the atmosphere of the seed, the good seed. Jonathan placed in the ground that even after he died, his crippled son received the entire inheritance of his grandfather and his father and lived till he died in the king's palace. If you live for now, you will soon find out that your longevity will be short-lived. Seed. Listen to me, guys. Listen to me. This should help you. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. Real prosperity begins with people and ends with people. Let me give you another one. Rebecca. I use that during our Finish Well prayer conference. Rebecca helped the servant. That looked like the servant had no value. Without knowing that as she added value to the servant, value was coming to her life. She did more than what was required or expected and the seed produced results. Rebecca coming out, no nails, no stuff, just to draw water out. No Brazilian hair, no attachment. Nothing that was fanciful. Just came out, no jewelry, no ornament. Her, her nails were not that long enough that she couldn't draw water. Saw somebody at the well of no value because by, you, by, the, by the way they dress, that's the value you will know. And the guy says, give me some water. And the woman draw water for him and said, you know what? I will even feed the donkeys. 
It was not a transaction. She wasn't doing it because she thought, if I can feed him, maybe I will get a husband. As most of you. Most of your associations is because of what you can get. Most of your associations is because if, I, if I'm friends to her, she will sing, join my wedding. Free of charge. If I'm friends to him, he will play, join my wedding. If I'm friends to him, they may help me sort out my problems. I know they are rich. Let me, let me, let me glean from them. Let me, let me associate with them. Let, let's form a club of, 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 of great men. Foolishness. God does not bless you on the people who are in your own level. God blesses you in the way you treat people who are under you and how you bring them up. It's called the seed sowing area. It's called the atmosphere. I need to tell somebody right now, who are you helping? Who exactly are you sowing the seed into their lives? Are you so comfortable with the people who actually agree with you? People who just come around you? People who you just have fun with? Have you ever thought to yourself, who did I find a job for? Who exactly did I help with their CV? I remember one time, I was asking someone, can you help people in church with their CV and all that kind of stuff? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. See or she or he said, yeah, 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 yeah. And they said, yes, they will do it. Only for someone to come back to me and said, oh, pastor, I, don't, I can't really afford it. I said, afford what? He says, she or him said they were charging 50 pounds just to look at the CV. I called the she and him. And I said to them, everybody that comes to you that you need to look at their CV, I personally will pay for it. He says, Pastor, no, no, no. I say, no. If you can't just sow where God has placed you into the life of others, you won't last long. How many people have you seen? He says, oh, Pastor, four. I wrote him a check. Get out of here. This is what life is all about. 50 pounds. You think your entire life is about 50 pounds. You're stupid. It's stupidity by excellence. Do you know that it's not by your power that you got to where you are? 2020 will tell us that we shouldn't even rejoice for everything we should get, but we should rejoice and appreciate for everything even we have. With so much into ourselves, Rebecca would have lost out if she was blessing the person based on what the person can bring back to her. Ruth valued Naomi even when she was in her adversity. She didn't realize that she was creating a climate. Do you understand? A climate of blessing. It wasn't prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting would do nothing for you when there's no seed in the ground for your prayers and fasting to water. It would do nothing. Listen to me. Ruth did not realize that she's going to be a great, 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 great mother of Jesus Christ. Ruth did not realize that she's going to marry a billionaire. She did not. She didn't follow Naomi to marry a billionaire. She followed poverty. She just wanted to help her. She wanted to say, if everybody leaves you, I will stand beside you. She was sowing the seed of her entire life for the future. Listen to me. She didn't realize that her sorrow today will be her blessing tomorrow. I hope you're getting something from it. 
I have never seen a giver begging bread. Never. Never seen a giver begging bread. There's a, there's a lady in church who has been such a blessing to my life and to the whole of worship tabernacle. Because many of you don't even know that your profession can be a blessing. Many people, you say, come and help us with worship. Come and help us during this pandemic. Or oh, I have a project that I'm doing. How do you know you will live long to see the fulfillment of that project when God is not there? Whenever you sit in your house that you have built and you forget the house of God like Solomon and David, that won't last. I'm trying to bless someone this morning that the devil is fighting your future by your selfishness. The woman's a medical doctor. Anytime there's a medical issue, I pick up the phone, I call her, she's dead. Just like that. In the midnight hour. Last week, I went through a bad time of dealing with somebody in the hospital who had big issues. And I kept calling her. I was on the conference call to the doctors. And then I would put her on the phone. And then I would say, speak to me. What should I ask the doctors? What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? As, finish, as soon as I finish, in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, as soon as I finish the 6 a.m. prayer, I have to get ready. I have to take my bath before the 6 a.m. prayer. I'm out of the house. Bam! To central London. Every single day. But there's still support. You can call someone. Even while they're working, as a support. What has your job that God has given you, what, has he, what have you used to create a seed in the ground that can bless others around you? I'm telling you, no matter how small it is, God can use you to create a seed that you may not receive it in your lifetime, but it will be a seed that will bless the, 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 the people and your children behind you. And many people are single, many people are poor, many people are still living in, in the same place because they are only thinking about themselves. Let your seed speak for your future and your children. A seed is a small beginning with a huge future. I've said this before, you may be able to count the seed in an orange, but you will never be able to count the oranges in a seed. You won't. Just the little... Pastor, ask them this question. Pastor, ask them this question. You don't understand how much value you're adding to someone. Just like, let me help you with your CV. Let me look around to find who I can help. Let me be a help, help to someone. Not a transaction. Not a transaction. The poor around you are God-given assets for your own increase in life. Every time you give to the poor, you increase your worth of your heavenly account. Colinius, the Bible says, God says, your arms have come up as a memorial before me. Please, guys, we've got to create a climate that will protect our life, protect our wealth, and protect our health. All these things you're trying to acquire, shoes and bags and, and houses and stuff, it means nothing when you can't live there, when you can't use it. It means nothing when you're not blessing the society. 
How many people have done good to you and you've forgotten? In fact, many of you, God has so much blessed you. When you were earning 100 pounds, you gave 10, 10 pounds or 15 pounds. You're earning five figures right now. You still maintain the same amount you are giving because your, your needs have multiplied. Your needs, your needs. You didn't multiply your seed, you multiply your needs. God didn't tell you to buy that car. Look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. He says, He who sows sparingly and grudgingly. This is where many people do that. They, they sow sparingly, they sow grudgingly. Sparingly means, uh, uh, okay, let me just give to them. Now let me just give to church. There's no consistency. It's just like you remember. In fact, you, most of the time, you even remember by force. He says, remember this. He who sows sparingly and godly will also reap sparingly and godly. Can you see that that's an atmosphere? The, what you reap is the atmosphere. He, 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 he says, nobody is seeing what you're sowing. But when you sow it based on your heart, grudgingly and sparingly, that's what you receive. He says, he who sows generously, that blessing, that blessing may come to someone will also live generously and with blessing. That blessing may come to someone. That blessing may come to someone. That blessing may come to someone. God wants us to be a blessing. And how do we create a climate of seeds? Remember, every scripture I've read to you shows that the climate around you is a great seed. Everywhere I go, seed speaks on my behalf. We had someone come into our house yesterday to do um, something for us from a different ethnicity. Asian, you understand, either from Pakistan or either from India or something. She doesn't know us before. Muslim. She does not know us from anywhere. Sat in her house, did the thing that she had came to do, that she was paid for, and she asked us, how much are you actually paying? And we told her. She said, ah, are you sure? I thought it was less than that. I said, that's how, no, how much? No, what's from no Adam? She got on the phone and was calling her office. And you know what she said? She said, I'm with my family. And I just was told that you gave them the normal rate, not a family rate. Can I have a discount family rate for them? I sat there and said, ha, ha, ha. My wife and I were looking at you like, ha, ha. I said, yeah, 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 I'm your family. If we trace our descendants, we came from God. <laughs> Shocked. By the time she left, I looked at my wife and said, is this seed? Somewhere, someplace, a seed was sown. Let me teach you guys. Let me teach you young ones. Let me give you two points and let me stop. Two points in how you can create a climate of success around yourself by the seed you sow. This is how you can do it. Number one, learn to let go. Learn to let go. Learn to let go. The quality of the fruit depends on the quality of the seed. Until your life becomes a seed, listen to me, your future remains solitary. 
Let go of the natural so you can tap into the supernatural. The widow, she let go of the insignificant flour and oil for an unlimited supply. The supernatural provision of God depended on what the widow was willing to let go. I've said this before, I repeat myself till I die. You become greater than what you're prepared to lose. You become lesser than what you're prepared to hold. When Abraham was able to let go of Isaac, he became greater than the Isaac he had. Stop being selfish. Life does not evolve around you. God will always trust wealth into people who love what God loves. And God loves people. Many are struggling. Many are praying. Many are fasting. But yet the heaven is locked over their life. And you can't see it. Principalities are wreaking havoc in your family and your business and you can't see it. It's because you did not show favor to those who needed favor. And when you favor others, even your children will reap the harvest. When you're a giver, you will never lack. When you're a giver. I'm going to share a personal testimony. I'm going to share a, a, a personal, um, something that's dear to us. I... Or, 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 or everyone in my age, their children are in university or have finished university. They have no childcare. They have nothing. Why would I now decide to adopt a child that I, in my age, I have to start doing school runs again? I thought about it so many times. I have to do school runs again. I have to, do you know what it means to take a six-year-old child to school again? I, I, I thought I'd finish that. We had packed everything up. Part everything, finito, zero. God will multiply the little that we have. But God says, give somebody else a chance. I said, God, not at my age. I want to fly to Barbados. I want to fly to Miami. I want to just, I want to get up any time. We have reached that stage. My son's okay. I want to just get up any time. Get up and go. Packed already. Not have to think. Now I'm back to the expensive holiday period. But the joy in one year or one and a half years that is on our face by what God has allowed us to do in that young lady's life, in my daughter's life, is beyond whatever you can have. And it's not a transaction. You don't even transact with a child. It's a mortgage for life. What are you doing? You're single and it's all about you. Learn to let go. Proverbs 19.17 says, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord. Did you see that? You're lending to God. Ah! You didn't, you, you've got to look at this again. He says, He who has pity on the poor lends to God. You're lending to God. And he will pay back what he has given. Learn to let go. Give to church. Problem. Many people will be scouring the internet and writing comments. Oh, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. The offering is coming. What's the matter with you? Your Gucci, your bag, your shoe, your Louboutin, your... How, how many times did you wear it this year? A virus killed all of that. Some of you have even put it on eBay. It's more profitable to sell it right now and invest in stocks than have it in the house. Because for a long time, there's nowhere you're going. 
What's the matter with you? You can't give to God. You can't give to man. You can't give to anyone. Have you realized what you're doing with your life? Learn to let go. Number two, finally, live your life for God. Live for God. And this is where I want to conclude. Many are building a life of me instead of him. Many. Many. No salary. Listen to me. Yo, yo, yo. Watch me. Eh? Youngies, watch me. No salary or knowledge can match an open heaven. No salary. And it doesn't matter what you're earning right now. No salary and knowledge can match an open heaven. Keep, keep sitting where you are. You will soon find out that it is the window of heaven that will open the pockets of man. <laughs> the window of heaven that will open the pockets of man. Recently, I took a poll as we were doing some services here and doing some work here, doing this one. I just found out that one household, one household, children from one household has been the major bedrock of this broadcast that most of you are seeing. Just from one household. From one household. The single woman gave birth to these wonderful children and these children have been my bedrock throughout this whole pandemic in broadcasting this. One household. One household. And then you're now asking a question when they get blessed. God, what about me? What about you? What did you do? Because the pockets, the pockets of man is going to be open when you open your life for people. When you live for God, your salary won't match. Your knowledge won't match. Your house won't match. How many bedrooms can you sleep in? Little, listen to me, little becomes much when you put it in the master's hands. Throw down the rod and it will part the Red Sea. Many of us are holding on to it. We're holding, we're holding. We think our survival is based on what we have. No. It is based on the God you have. The many young ones is just the fear of the unknown. But the fear of the unknown can hinder you from sowing. Give me five minutes. Hence, people fear giving because they don't live for God. They live for themselves. Let your greatest possession be the ability to let go of your possessions joyfully. Recognize that everything comes from God and you will take nothing to you. Went for a burial yesterday. Nothing was taken. Nothing went down in the grave. Nothing. Nothing. You're taking nothing with you. Look around you. See how long you've got. Because the problem with most of us is that we eat the seed before God can use it to grow a blessing. The problem with most of us is that we eat our seed before God can use it to grow a blessing. Our financial seed is not a donation to help the church or to pay the bills. It is a spiritual transaction in worship that provokes a divine intervention and the favor of heaven. The people will shout at you. They will shout at pastors. And I know many have done unpardonable things. 
for the unpardonable things that they've done in, in, in using the church money and using stuff to, 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 to increase their own lifestyle without any reference to the fear of God goes around because the devil wants to create a climate of poverty around people. That if you can look at many pastors or many other people that are squandering what God should, what should be used in the house of God, that he can discourage you from giving. And when he discourages from giving, he's discouraging you from moving on in life. Because every spiritual transaction or every spiritual blessing that comes from above is because there is a physical seed that is placed in the ground. God will continue his work. God will always bless the work of his own hands. But God is saying, I want you to create a climate of giving around you. Live for giving. When you die, let someone say, my God, she was brilliant in giving. She was wonderful in sowing our seeds. He was a giver. Let them not just try to find words to say that will be good at your burial. Somebody say, Pastor, why are you talking about it? I'm not talking about it because of stuff. I'm talking about it because our whole life is for God, not for where we are. How many years do we know we have? God promised us 30 plus uh, 2 score or 3 score or 70. Then after that, what? You can live till 90. It's not how you live, it's what you leave behind. Someone hit 100. And in his hundred, he raised over 38 million for the NHS. It wasn't the 38 million he raised for the NHS when he was 100. He had lived something in his life as giving. He gave towards this nation. He nearly died for this, towards this nation. Some of us can't even come out for a coronavirus. And some people went to fight wars. You that is the anti-vaxxers and all that kind of stuff. You, you, they won't get you out to come and help. But you will criticize everything that is going on along. The man fought wars and still in his mind, what can I do? Just a hundred meters, a hundred steps. Maybe I can just raise 1,000 pounds. 1,000 became 38 million. Do you know that when that man passes away, there will be a national outcry and then a national uh, memorial for him in the latter years of his life? Can I ask most of you, what are you doing? Because whatever seed you sow will create the atmosphere that is around you. Maybe you're looking for a husband. Maybe you're looking for a right wife. Maybe you're looking for a job. Maybe you're looking for a house. Maybe you're looking for your business. Maybe you're looking to increase your, 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 the area of your influence. Don't increase it because you want to be popular on Instagram. Don't increase it because you have 25,000 people following you and someone else has 500 and you think you're doing more for the 25,000. Don't do it because you want people to start to uh, sponsor you on, on, on Instagram because once you hit 100,000, then you will get sponsors. Is that what you're there for? Or you're just there because you want to sow into people's lives? And if the money comes in, let the money go back to the maker. Let the money help people. Let the money help humanity. Let the money help your church. Let the money help people around you. And yeah, I know I'm out of time. I'm going to say this. But many of you also, I'm going to switch this off so I don't come back. I'm going to say this. Many of you, you are shutting the windows of heaven over your life because you don't even bless your father or your mother. You don't bless the people who struggled so hard to give to you, so hard to bring you to where you are. When last have you taken money out of your pocket to bless them? And you're even living in their house. How selfish can you be? You won't even take them to Sainsbury's to do shopping. Christmas is coming. Why don't you tell the entire household, I am cooking this Christmas. I'm paying for it. 
Why don't you bring joy to your home? Many of you are living in your house and you're bringing misery to your parents. Yes, they may be the most difficult people to live with. But whatever seed you sow is what you will reap. You are going to have children too. When last have you blessed your family? When last have you blessed your mentors? And all you do is you just criticize us. When last have you been a blessing consistently? Not like, okay, let me just ask. Pastor preached today. Ah, that's true, that's true, yeah, that's true. And then you just give them a measly 20 pounds or 50 pounds. I've just done it. No, consistently. If you sow sparingly, you will reap it. Thinking of throwing that mother into a home, throwing that father into a home. Sooner or later, you're going to get old too. Are you taking care of them? Putting them in a home is not a problem. But do you visit them consistently? You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel Worship Tabernacle 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ Archway, London Thank you for listening.